What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Dane Espigard, author of The Dream Machine. Dane helps to open the mind of people to dream and take action to live out their dreams. In this conversation, we focus on how, as fathers, we get to come alongside and help our children discover their own dreams and how to take action to fulfill those dreams. As fathers, this is powerful as it may help you dream again and help you discover purpose, meaning, and fulfillment in the home you are creating with your family. Enjoy meeting my friend, Dane. All right, super stoked to be talking fatherhood with my friend, Dane. Dane, what's up, bro? Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. How are you today? I'm great. Excited to have the conversation. Yes, yes. I've been looking forward to this all morning just to get to connect with you. So you and I have connected a few times through Front Row Dads. We've been at a few retreats together. Um, I've actually been through uh, one of your workshops. And so I'm stoked just to sit down and and, uh, talk fatherhood with you. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, always a good conversation no matter what it is. Yeah, that's right. All right. So here we go. A couple questions so people get to know who I'm talking to right now. How old do you find yourself today? Uh, 38. 38. All right. And then how many years you've been married? Uh, We've been, let's see, this fall will be uh, eight years. So seven years right now. Okay. So working on that eighth year right now. And then how many kiddos do you have? We've got two little ones. We've got Elin, who turns six in uh, in about a month, and then Izzy, who just turned four. Okay, and then is that capped off? Is that is that the uh, any more it's, children? Does um, the conversation? You know, I, or no? I wouldn't. We haven't made any final moves, uh, but we have run into a few um, challenges, and um, with some with with getting pregnant for a third mm-hmm. time, and so we're kind of at a place right now that we're content with where we're at, but, um, we haven't made any final decisions. Got it. Got it. Okay. Love it. And then where do you and the family live? So we just moved from right outside the twin cities. That's where we did live for our, our girls entire lives. And then we just moved out to Austin, Texas, be closer to the uh, front row dad community. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool, man. And then I hate this question because a lot of times us men use it to size each other up. But the question yeah. is, what do you do for a living? And the reason I ask it is because it uh, helps us dads realize that fatherhood hits us all the same, no matter where we mm-hmm. where we are in our, our kind of like work life. So what do you do for a living? So I've been, I've been in direct sales for about 20 years. So I run a, about a five-state area for a Cutco Cutlery up in uh, the Northern States. I've done that for a long time. And then um, we also do some real estate investing with mobile home parks. And then I just launched a book with some consulting uh, this last fall. So a few different things. Yeah, I love it. And what's the book called? The Dream Machine. The right Dream here. Machine. Love it. Yeah. Yes. And I'm holding it right here. All right. Yeah, bro. Um, love it. 
So question for you about fatherhood is you have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize this is an adventure and I'm going to embrace it? So I want to say before we had kids, you know, so I'm 38. So I didn't, we didn't have kids young. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I was very prepared. I was very like, we were very intentional about we're ready to start trying it. And it happened pretty effortlessly for for the first. And so I feel like I was, I went into it just very prepared, ready to go. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been that the whole time. That's awesome. So from the moment that your wife is pregnant, you're like, I'm in it. This is an adventure. I love it. I'm excited to be a dad to these children. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. was there a moment at all where any, you know, maybe that first year of having a kid where it hit you to go, this is different than I thought it would be, or or was it how you thought it would go? I think um <clears throat> I think almost everything was different because it was first time, mm-hmm. right? Experiencing it. But at the same time, I think I uh, have done a really good job of like asking tons of questions to mm-hmm. other dudes of, of, hey, what about this? What about this? So I feel like there wasn't too many surprises. It was, oh, yeah, so-and-so told me about this. Um, like I can remember one thing of one of my buddies, Ryan, telling me, um, hey, just be prepared to just feel very insignificant for the first however many months because the kid doesn't need you and you're literally there and just in relief right until that child like can interact more with you and i so i think that like even those early stages where it's like you know it's a different connection versus with with father and kid than it is with mom and kid in terms of giving life and you know being needed for those uh, those vital things early on so um, I, I feel like I was I was guided well through asking questions and, and listening to to guys that have been there before. So why do you think a lot of men don't want to ask questions? And I'll ask it in a different way as well. Is you seem very just open to I was a new dad, so obviously I need to ask questions. Where I think some men like don't mm-hmm. want to look stupid and don't ask a question. So what internally gives you this freedom to go? Yes, I need guides in my life. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been in the direct sales for 20 years and the company that I've worked for has a culture of sharing and personal de- development and personal mm. growth. And so I was exposed to that as an 18, 19, 20 year old, like in those formidable years. And so yeah. I think that for me in business, it was always find somebody who's been there, pick their brain, hopefully befriend them so that they want to give you their time. Yeah. And then you can see the curve a little faster than, than everybody else. So I think for me, it just, it was natural. And then, um, I also knew a bunch of the front row dads prior to them joining front row dads. And so when I heard that that was a thing, I think it also opened me up to being like, Oh, I should be, I should be asking questions about what to expect here. Mm, Yeah. That's rad. I think that life would be a lot more enjoyable if we were to put more guides in our lives and not try to just do it all ourselves. Yeah. What's something you learned about yourself? So, you know, okay, you're 32, you have a kid and let's just say sometime between 32 and and now, you know, you've done all this personal development, you've been at a great company that supported your personal growth, but then all of a sudden now you have these two humans in your life. Um, what's something that you learned about yourself, either positive, like, oh, I didn't know I would show up this way, or dang, I thought I was a lot more patient than I actually am. What's something you learned about yourself? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think uh, I've always prided myself on being very intentional. Mm. Um, and that's actually what I struggle most with, with parenting. And so it's been an interesting, like, um, back and forth for me that I still am challenged. I'd say that's still the, the top challenge for me. So I, and it's very easy for me to be super intentional with work where it's, everything is planned out. My agendas, the flow of a week, a month, all of that. And then what I found myself doing with the kids is just assuming that my presence in terms of physical presence also meant, you know, engagement. Mm -hmm. And I found myself just showing up and saying for a while, like, well, I'm here, I'm present. So I'm being a good dad. But what I recognized is that I wasn't being intentional of like, Hey, I'm going to guide them through this you know, experience, or mm. I want to be really great about setting this up for them. And so what was interesting for me is I always knew that was a strength of mine. I just thought with parenting, maybe that that would come naturally and it, and it really hasn't. And so I've had to deal a little bit with like, well, why is it not natural? Do I not, do I not care as much as I should? And, and, uh, and so I've, that's been something for me, like the last front row dads event, like that was my ask is, you know, how to, how to, how do other guys do it that maybe think that's a strength of theirs? Yeah, that's rad. I struggle with the intentional part and my family gets frustrated. So my stage is a little different, right? My youngest is nine. My oldest is 16. And sometimes they feel like everything I do uh, is to try to be intentional. So sometimes it's not just spontaneous presence. It's like, oh gosh, it's always got to have like this deeper <laughs> meaning to it. And then I think sometimes it's easier for me at work because the my team they can't roll yep. their eyes at me when I'm like, hey, we're doing monthly <laughs> book club, right? We're all yep. reading the dream machine. Everybody yep. internally might be like, this son of a gun, like, <laughs> God dang it, I don't want to do this. But my kids and maybe my wife sometimes would easily just be like, oh gosh, another book, dad, you know what I mean? So then yep. sometimes it just feels like, do you want to put the effort in now? most times when we're done with like reading for 15 or 20 minutes, it's been worth it. But I think yeah. sometimes it's easier at work because, uh, it's work. It's not that yeah. same tight relationship, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a struggle for me. <clears throat> um, when you think about the role of the father in a couple sentences, what is the role of the father mean to you? I think the role of a father is to provide a, an environment of emotional stability. And, and really, I would say um, emotional constant. Wow. In yes. other words, they know that I'm going to show up and love them the same regardless of the experiences that they're going through. Um, I think that's one. And then the other one I think is um, I, I feel like my role is to help my girls find what their strengths and their and their superpowers are. Mm, superpowers. Oh, dude. So two powerful things. I'm just writing this one down. Creating an environment. Like if every dad showed up and realized I create this environment and then I love, you know, like fill in the blank, but you used um, emotional consistency, essentially, 
you know? Yep. Um, but yes, we create this environment in our home. So when you talk about provide and protect, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I know how to shoot a gun and my house mm-hmm. has cameras. Like, okay, dude. What about the inside? Like, what's the feeling when your kid yeah. comes home from school and drops their bags? Are they able to just, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Is your wife able to do that? Um, and you are the only one who can create that in your home. So dude, killer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Find their superpowers. Dig into that for, for me for a minute. Cause I think some dudes are 40 and they don't know what their superpower is. And so how are they going to help their kid find their superpower? Yeah, I agree. So, you know, for the last 15 years of my 20 year stint at Cutco has been you know, it's sales training and developing, but a lot of it is trying to help people develop self-confidence. And so, Mm. you know, I think self-confidence impacts every single part of our lives from who, who we decide to date, what we put up with in a relationship, who we, who we choose to, to marry, what investments that we're willing to make, moving your family across the country or across the ocean, mm-hmm. right? Like you like, there takes a certain level of self-confidence to make decisions like that. And I think that our quality of life oftentimes is, is equivalent, a little bit lagging behind, but equivalent to where our self-confidence is. I believe self-confidence is rooted in our self-identity, mm-hmm. but at a young age, we don't know who we are. And some people never figure out who they are, but at first our, our identity is like what we do right? Mm-hmm. And some people never leave that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I get the opportunity to work with a lot of 18 to 22 year olds. And so when they come to me, their identity is, well, I'm an athlete or I'm an academic, right? I've pride myself on 4.0, these grades. And so that's who I am. Uh, I'm a musician, I'm an artist. And so those things are great. But what happens is we, we create this confidence out of like the accomplishments that we have in there, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I think those things are great to learn who we are, but what in there right? What in there attracts you to that? And so I think that having experiences is really important. I want my girls to be in a lot of different activities. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, what do you like about like, to, uh, this week? Our girls are in an Irish dance uh, summer camp. Okay. okay Never, nice. We don't have any, we don't have any Irish in us whatsoever. And my eldest, for whatever reason, saw it somewhere was like, I want to do that. So we found a class for her. She started doing it and she's just like, his head over heels with it. Love it. And so Fun. We want them to experience all these things so that they figure out not just what I like, but then dig into that of like, well, what in there is the thing that you like? Is it the creativity? Is it the team aspect? Is it that people are counting on you? And I think that's where we figure out, you know, somewhat of our identity, but then what the superpower is. And and something that I'm intentional with the people at work, but also with my girls, it's meaning more now as they're getting a little bit older, but what makes us weird is what makes us awesome. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes is our superpower. And a lot of times the thing that we got slack for growing up is the thing that when we tap into it is actually what makes us so unique and so amazing. And so mine is energy. And I know that when I tap into that, that's my greatest gift to any room or group or, or community that I'm a part of. So right. then did you get crap as a kid for having a lot of energy? Yeah, I, I've got a, um, my dad just sent me out of nowhere. I think he was like doing some, some cleaning. He sent me like my file basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And in this package was so interesting. It was like, I had my fifth grade report card, my seventh grade, eighth grade. Uh, I had a, a, a like spirit award for a baseball team in like sixth grade. I also had my suspension letter from high school when I got suspended as a senior, like 
It we're was doing what? Organizing a group <laughs> event. It was basically like a cafeteria riot. Yeah. So that was me putting my energy in team building, maybe in a negative direction. <laughs> I but, that, that sounds really good. But you know, was, I still, if I could go back, I'd do it again. It was, yeah, of course. Uh, it was great. But but it was like looking at that, looking at my um, eighth grade report card, five out of the six classes in the comments said, he talks too much, right? And is a distraction. And so it was like, that was my, that was my energy. Man, this is, this is super powerful, Dane. So as a father, okay, thinking back to you being a kid, so much of the time we let the world, we let the system break our kids. So then they don't find their superpower. So what you're saying about what you got made fun of or what made you weird, what people tried to break you of, that may be the very thing that one gives you life, that brings you success and fulfillment. So as a dad and dad's listening, if we can step back and go, okay, don't just tell your kid to shut up in class, do what you're told. Okay. Because it's easier. How can a dad notice where their kid is weird and help support them through a, you know, friends who might make fun of them, a teacher who might be annoyed by them or a coach who's frustrated. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the the big issue with the whole thing. And I don't know if I have a perfect solution for it, but what I'm trying to do with my girls when it comes to this is a lot of like, how do they, like, how do they view this stuff? Mm. Right. It's also the confidence in here. So both of my girls, if you were to say, what are your superpowers? They will say right now what they believe it is. Hmm. Speed. By the way, my, my eldest, speed, okay, balance, and love. Very random. First off, my daughters are not fast. <laughs> like if, <laughs> if they're in a sport, they're, they've got my speed. They're not fast. But if you ask them their superpower... Speed is the first one that they say, and that's from them running and us saying, oh my gosh, you're so fast. Yeah. So it's speed and then balance. I don't know where that came from. And then love, we talk a lot about love in our family. Mm-hmm. And we also talk about my superpowers, energy, my wife's is love and heart. And, uh, and so they get that from, from us. But I think just having the conversation about it brings it to awareness. And when... Um, when at night, you know, I learned this from front row dads. It's like, what am I telling my girls as they go to bed? What am I telling them throughout the day? And one of the sayings, and I don't remember who I got this from, but I tell both of my girls before bed, Hey, you are so beautiful on the outside, but I just want you to know that you're the most beautiful on the inside. Mm. And I tell them you're most be-, And I said, do you know why? And they always say no. And they know, and they could say it because I say it. Uh, and I say, because you have a beautiful brain, I love all the thoughts and, and the create, and I'll say different things for it, but I talk yeah. about their brain. And then I said, I love your heart because you love so many people and you're so kind. Mm. And so what I'm trying to do is affirm, like, you're an amazing person, right? And you're amazing because of what's in here. And if they believe that, you know, no matter what, every kid is going to go through some bullying and some name calling. That's part of growing up. And so it's, I'm not trying to shield them from that. I want them to have so much strength on the inside that they recognize that's okay. If somebody else feels that, how do I feel? And that's my, yeah, exactly. (laughs) How do I feel about myself? 
And dude, that, I mean, if, if every dad just stopped listening right now and then never listen to another podcast, never listen to another book, but they spent their time affirming their children's identity and it not being about what they do, but who they are and starting to tie together, like, okay, did you, are you an artist because you love creativity? Are you, um, you know, class president because you love leadership? Um, you, I mean, you tied some real key things together. Uh, you know, obviously, clearly you talk about this stuff, but dude, dads, if we can affirm our children and then also let them, let them think they're the fastest for a bit right <laughs> now, if they're 17 and, and yes. at this, you know, track, like at a certain point you, you, you engage and you're a guide to them, but you don't, yeah. you know, and we're going to talk about dreams. So at what point do we, do we elevate? Do we, yep. do we encourage dreams? Okay, dude. Uh, Man, that is so, so good. Superpowers, creating an environment, all based on the role of the father. Um, okay, I want to ask you a question. This podcast is fatherhood field notes. You're already doing it. You're opening up your field notes of like how you speak to your girls and how you how you lead in your home and the things you say and do. Fantastic. The mantra behind all of this is rebel and create. And the idea with this is as men, like I'm a warrior, I'm a fighter. I want to, I want to rebel against something, but not Mm -hmm. for the sake of being destructive to the world. Um, But I want to make room to create something of value. So when you think about that, what's something you're rebelling against in your life and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? So I think when I look at just my path and and what I've done, even if I wasn't actively aware of like, Oh, this is what I'm rebelling against. But, but I, but now with, with the girls, we're way more intentional with this, which is like rebelling against just like normalcy. Mm. In other words, you know, just going through stages of life because you're supposed to go through it. Like Mm -hmm. that to us is, and, and I could go through so many different topics of this in terms of, um, go to go to going to college. I don't yeah. disagree with it, but I don't think it's the path, the path. If you know the way that it is sold yeah. is like this is what you should do. It's like I don't believe in that at all. I work with college students. I get to see firsthand that is not the path. It is a path. Uh, but so is going and traveling. So is starting a business and learning that way. And so you know, for instance, with that, my wife and I want to support our girls post you know, high school in whatever way they feel like they're going to get the most growth. So we're going to save money and say, Hey, you can go to college with this money. You can go travel the world with this money. You can start a business with this money. Right. But there's a certain amount. And um, we just want you to be really intentional about how you spend it. So that all leads into the dreams stuff as well, which is just, you know, the idea of it has to be a certain way. I just don't think, um, I think we're getting to see right now, in the world that there's so many different ways, right? There's families that live in an RV and travel to the U S and that's their edge. And how cool is that? And, uh, you know, there's, there's people that, uh, live in different countries and live seasonally in different areas. And there's people that do crazy different jobs, uh, that, you know, 20 years ago didn't exist that work remote that I just, I think that, if we're subscribing to somebody else's way that the world's supposed to be, it's like, we're probably not going to be overly happy in that because we didn't decide on that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So this leads right into the the dream machine and the dream journal and the work that you're doing. Um, And I want to lean mostly into how you do this with your kids to help Mm -hmm. other dads, you know, to dream with their kids. But just tell me real quick, 
the dream machine, you know, you, it's, it's a leader's guide to creating teams, high performers. You're, you're basically helping to understand your team, like what matters to them. And then you as a leader, helping them to reach those dreams, which is creating loyalty, uh, in your company, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, and I, I, I love it. I love it. Talk to me a little bit about, about this process. I mean, I've gone through it. I have the dream journal and I'll give you my two, my two sides to this, and then you could smash it mm-hmm. up. On one level, I my freshman year of college business class, my business, you know, whatever the class, general business class, we had to write a hundred things we wanted to do by the time we're 40. Okay. okay. I came up with like 80 of them, found it recently, and I had accomplished more than half of them. And I, I right. didn't look at that thing all the time. Okay. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm all in. Yes. Sit down, dream, blah, blah, blah. Then the other side of me is like, okay, I did this with a bunch of entrepreneurs. And, and then in the, in the middle of the session, I'm like starting to get FOMO, like, oh my gosh, that guy's dreams way better than mine. And, and then I think of like a friend who maybe is only going to make 60 grand a year. And it's like, oh, this is all totally out of proportion for them. So, so take just a minute and kind of give me your overview summary of like one hand, okay, people are all in on this. Yes, it works. It's amazing. And then you have this other either FOMO or is this reasonable for everyone? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's very valid. I, I mean, I've been doing this in for work since 2012. Mm. Um, I made my first list in 2007 and then similarly didn't really look at it for about four or five years. And then the same thing. I was like, oh, I did some things on here and 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 that's, you know, that was cool. I've done way more now. Each yeah. year I probably get about 15 to 20 dreams done off my list. And it's you know, my list isn't 80 though. It's like, it's grown over the years. So I have about four, four to 500 on my list. Yeah, so the all out, the idea with it isn't like, when people hear dreams, they think dream house, dream vacation, dream, mm. like they think really large and grand. The concept of dreams is, is living with intention, living with purpose. And so, you know, when, when I take people through the exercise, I give like a thousand thought joggers. Right. And there is little as I want to do 20 push-ups. I want to do live karaoke in front of people. I want to learn a language all the way up to, I want to own this mega dream house. Like yeah. they can be large, but, but the majority of them are small and, and they're all very particular to that person. So the all out, like this is great. What it does is it allows people to not be, not have their identity as what I do for work right? What do I do at work? I've been working at a knife company. No part of me grew up saying, you know what I'm going to do when I'm older? I'm going to sell knives. That just said like, not at all. But what's my identity? My identity is I get to give people vision. I get to give people energy, right? And I get to be a guide for so many people during a a transitional phase in their life from 18 to 22, where they have no idea what they want to do. And they're being shoved towards one direction. And so that's when I think of my identity, it's like, that's what I get to do. But so many people don't ever explore what my passions are. They go to college, they pick a job, they get into that career, and then people stop shuffling them through life. They're just there. And then they have kids and they're like, well, now my identity is I'm a dad. That's great. Right. I'm a husband and I'm a engineer. It's like, yeah, but what about you? Like, yeah. I'm a better dad when I'm living my dreams. I'm a better husband when I'm living my dreams. I'm a better whatever when I'm doing stuff for me. And so what what the dreams concept is about is about the person. 
Mm-hmm. And so if I can get somebody working towards something, right? If I'm progressing, Tony Robbins has the quote, it's probably not his, but progress is happiness. If I'm just moving forward, I'm going to be excited. And so if I can create an excited salesperson or with my wife, a really engaged you know, spouse, she's probably going to be a better spouse to me if she's yeah. enjoying life more. Now, the other half of this of, let's say somebody who's like, ah, it's not... I've done this with so many different people at different income levels and different different age groups. It doesn't matter. They're going to dream to whatever they believe is is in their world. Yes, and so your dreams probably aren't the dreams of somebody who's making 40 grand, 50 grand a year, but they have their own dreams and they're right. great in their own right. And what I've found is that from people that are maybe in a 40, 50, 60 grand, they, they have dreams that fit their current situation. But the beautiful thing of dreams is it's meant to pull you out of your current situation. Right. To right. say, I want to do these things. How can I? And, and then maybe they start a side business or maybe they start to believe more in, in taking a risk somewhere else. To, so there's, there's a lot that happens with, um, with dreams, even for somebody that's, not, uh, uh, that's in a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that answers it really well because just the thought, I, I want everyone to realize the power of this in their lives to, to set a dream out there and then pursue it. And a couple things I'd like you to talk about is, okay, one, you talked a little bit about me. So if I'm moving with progress towards something, it brings joy to me, but then talk about me knowing my wife's dreams. So, so, so knowing mm-hmm. other people's dreams, how does that connect us uh, in a different level? You just understand them at a deeper level. So when I started doing this at work, it was, okay, I've been at the business for 12 years now. I'm going at like, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I'm about to start another team from scratch. If I were to never move again, what do I think would keep me engaged another decade? And I can tell you having another sales conversation about somebody's sales goal would be like, shoot me in the face. I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Talking about the individual and what they want to do with their life and what they're working on right now. And if I can connect them to that, every person's different. So you get to know them differently. And then it's like, well, hey, that's a really cool dream. What do you have to do here at work to accomplish that? Yeah. Right. And so it took a different spin on it. Now, my wife and I, once we start doing it, totally like my dreams are not her dreams. They're very separate. But what it allows us to do is support each other in a way that would otherwise be very difficult. I'll, I'll use an example. Um, on mine, I love sports. And so I have a, pretty much every team that I like, I have on there, like, see them win the championship, right? Mm-hmm. See the Packers in the Super Bowl. See the, so the one I'll talk about is see the Bucks win the NBA championship. All right. So Bucks are in the NBA championship last year. Uh, game, my buddy, one of my best friends has season tickets. And so I know this is coming. I'm talking to him. He goes, dude, if they make it back to game six, you have to come. All right. It's a five-hour drive or flight to you know travel time. It's in the busiest time of my year. My book is about to launch. Everything points I should not go. And I would also be leaving my wife home with the kids while I'm going to right do all... Like, there was just a yeah. lot saying no. So my buddies asked me, are you going to come? Are you going to come? I'm like, I don't know. And then like, Two days before, I say to my wife, I go, I don't think I'm going to go. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I, I think we were actually not in a good, like, I think there was some turmoil with us at that yeah, very yeah. moment, right? And she goes, what do you mean you're not going to go? And I was like, I just don't think that I should go. And she goes, it's on your dreams list, right? And I said, yeah. And she goes, 
are they going to be in the championship next year? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Right. And she goes, so there's a chance that this wouldn't happen again. I'm like, yeah. She goes, you have to go. Hmm. And it was, I went and it was normally if I would go, I think all guys have been there. What would be on my mind while I'm there? My wife's going to be pissed, man, when I get home and <laughs> right. like, I'm right. having this. I had no regret. I was there fully present to experience the Bucks won. I got to go on the court with the confetti next to the play, like world experience for me or life experience that yeah. I'll always remember. And I went home to my wife saying, she goes, how was it? I'm so happy you got to go. And so I like, if we didn't have the, if we didn't have this dreams concept between the two of us, yeah. she wouldn't have known how important that was for me. Right. And I know her dreams that she wants to get done each year. And I support her in those as well. So when it comes to finances, you know, that's, I think there's a lot of turmoil for a lot of couples around that. And what I find is that for us, it's a lot easier to have a conversation when it's like, well, how is this something that like you're really feeling like should get done this year? Mm-hmm. And it allows me to support financially her and vice versa of how we spend money because it's in support of something that's really important to the other person. Dude, what a beautiful story. I really uh, love how it allowed you to, both of you, her in the story, to kind of rise above whatever's going on, right? Because every day is Uh different. Having kids is chaotic. Running business is busy. And so, because we literally could just go through our whole lives like being in a fast rushing river because there's always something every single freaking day. So to be able to pause and go, well, wait a second. I had carved out time, you know, January to write down things that were important to me. And when there was no chaos around me, this was important. And although today's one of those busy, crazy, I said something to piss you off kind of days, (laughs) we both go, hang on, this is who you are at your core matters. Um, Mm -hmm. So killer. So talk to me about doing this with your kids, you know, so four and six, talk to me about uh, helping your children to go through a process. If a dad wants to say, Hey, we're going to have a fun dinner tonight and we're going to write down all of our dreams. Like what could that look like for somebody? Yeah. So I think the ages definitely matter. Right. And so with my girls, we've done this numerous times and it's, you know, my four-year-old's list is literally just whatever my six-year-old writes down. <laughs> right? so it's a clone of that list. And so far on my daughter's dreams list, it's been like own every type of animal. Right. Nice. Um, yes. Makes sense. Including unicorns. Those are on the list. Um, and then it's interesting because we're getting to see our eldest list kind of evolve a little bit as she's mm-hmm. just, you know, growing and maturing. And so sometimes uh, there's travel things on there. So we take them through categories. So the way to do this is you just suggest different things. And in the book, there's it doesn't have to even... That's what I love about this. There's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Okay. So just doing it, I think, is right. But we go through and we do thought joggers. So you know, our girls are also like learning to write. So they're drawing pictures on theirs. And we also are having a notebook and saying, do you want me to write that down? Right. Mm. And so we're kind of assisting a little bit with that, at least at this age. But we go through the categories and we say, travel, where, where do you want to go? And a lot of times it's the places they've been because they know those places. Right. Right. So I want to go to California again. I want to go to Hawaii. Um, and so they get to write those places. We'll suggest different ones. They usually just say yes. Right. Um, and then we go through adventure, like, Hey, is there any cool thing? I want to ride an elephant. I want to, okay, cool. So we write those down. Is there any, you know, what would you like to own, you know, or have, and that's where the animals come out. 
And then uh, we go through um, jobs. Hey, what kind of jobs would you want to do in your life? And so then they write down a bunch of those, right? And so we go through legacy and charity and health. And so there's there's uh, there's nine different categories that we go through. Um, I think if a family just were to do this in in an evening around a dinner, it's literally like, hey, grab a notebook. Like with you know kids that are your age, your kids' age, it's like grab a notebook. Let's do this thing. We're going to do one category tonight. Right. Mm. And it's like, hey, let's have some fun. Yeah. Let's let's jot down as many as possible. Um, because what's neat with it is what I'll tell you has worked for our four and six-year-old is that they're hearing mom and dad always talk about dreams. And mm. That's what I want. And they're hearing us talk about accomplishing and living our dreams, which is teaching them anything is possible. And that's what I want my girls to understand. We live in a world that, you know, there's a lot of flaws and whatever right now, but we also live in a pretty amazing world. No doubt. It's far more possible than there ever was before. And when somebody appreciates that and recognizes it, you know, I, th- I think that's where, the, that's where I want my girls to kind of hit that sweet spot. And I also think that I see this happen. The idea of taking a dream and saying, okay, hey, you know, let's say with the, with the kids at the end of the year, my wife and I do this for us. The end of the year, we look at our year and we go through, what did we accomplish? And it puts us in a place of gratitude, right? Wow, what a great year. We look at these dreams that we, did, that we lived. And then we identify for the next year, what are the dreams that we want to accomplish that next year, right? And I can't wait for our girls to be able to say, hey, what's one place you want to travel to this next year? Or what's one thing on your dreams list? What's a new, like there's a creativity category. So what's a new thing that you want to try this year? And then be able to, accomplish those because what it shows is you could say goal setting, but I would also say the negative side of it is your problem solving. And so what Mm. we're teaching our girls, okay, there's a problem. What's the problem? I need to go visit this place. Well, how do I do it? What's my solution? How do we have money for it? How do we plan it? How do we, you know, how do we get to that objective, even though there's obstacles in the way? And so it's a positive spin to problem solving. Yeah. I mean, you're teaching something that you had said earlier, I think is about taking action, right? Mm -hmm. So take action at what you put your mind to. Um, And I like the word dreams, you know, goals, whatever. Some people like goals, some people don't, but it's not about accomplishing every single one. But if I wrote down 10 things and I did five, that's far better than writing nothing down and doing nothing. So um, I know we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes, but as your kids and yourself as an adult, so as your kids get to like teenage years and then you, uh, you know, dad's listening, this word realistic. So at what point, you know, do you start to uh, become realistic? And I even hate saying this, but say my son is like, I want to be pro NBA. And I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I don't think that you have the build for that. Right. So, you know, you, you know, the strengths finder book and and a lot of us are familiar with that, but the beginning of that book talks about how the movie Rudy was such a waste of the dude's life essentially, because the dude played for like 30 seconds in a game that they were already going to win. I mean, I don't know the full story, but yeah, he didn't play to his strengths is essentially what it's saying. Now, if that was his dream and it wasn't his strengths and he felt fulfilled in his life, then who cares? Right. Then if that's what he wanted to do, then great. But um, at what point do you start to go, okay, when you look at dreams, how do you let people go? This is a dream, but then do you bring any quote in air quotes, realistic to, to it? I I don't think it's, I actually think that it happens naturally. 
So also on this strength thing, like I don't necessarily need my daughters to live in their strength. What I want them to do is live in their passion. Uh, and it doesn't always line up, but I can typically find that if I'm passionate about something and I do it enough, it will become a strength. I understand with the strength finders book, I'm familiar with it. So I get the idea of like, Hey, perfection is when our, what we're doing regularly lines up with our strengths. It's like, that's where you're going to be most, most excited, maybe fulfilled, but I would rather have my daughter's living a life that they're just so excited about. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. if they can figure out a way to, you know, be secure financially doing that, I think that's, I, I think for me as a dad, I think I'd be happier seeing them in that than living their strength when it's like, I don't know if it's necessarily a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's I think good. that's, that's a little separate. Now the realistic stuff, I haven't had the opportunity to take my daughters through 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, but I've gotten the other side of it, 18 to 22. Right. Right. And again, I work with like literally thousands of students that I've worked with during that age group. And so it's, it is, I don't feel like there's ever a time that I'm like, come on, be realistic. And so, you know, the conversation goes this way. It's like, well, Ned, let's go through your dreams, man. What are some of the ones that you're excited about? And you're like, these ones here. And then I just get to be the one that asks questions. That's awesome. So in order to do that, what would probably have to happen? Okay, this. And so I'm teaching them to work it backwards. And it's not uncommon for somebody to go, all right, I don't know if that one's in the cards this year. Mm. Right? So it forces them to be their own level of realistic. Yeah, yeah, so, by you asking them questions. Yep. So then on the flip side of that, how do you not, somebody says, well, you know, I just really want to, and, and their dream just kind of sucks. It's like, they, they just like, they've been kind of jaded from the world. Yeah. Do you just like, what are some questions you ask them to help, help them expand their mind a little bit without making them feel like lame for whatever it is they came up with? Well, so I don't think anybody, I, I haven't had anyone be like, have lame dreams. Cause if they wrote them down, they're, they're their own and they're excited about it. What I have seen though, is like the level at which somebody thinks changes as they do this. Mm. So I think dreaming is like a muscle. And if somebody is jaded, they probably haven't exercised this muscle for a very long time. And so it's weak. And so the first time that they go through this, they might come up with 30, right? And to me, that's weak. It's like, come on, you could do more than that. But what I found is the second time they go through it, they come up with not just 10 more, they come up with like double, triple what they had before because they've exercised that muscle a little bit more. So I think it's, this is just like anything else, like doing it more leads to a greater skill development in that area. Yeah. Oh man. Beautiful. This is Dane. This is a really helpful. I think for dads to start dreaming for them to start dreaming with their spouse um, and then to help their kids to start dream and, and, and to be able to be a part of helping them uncover their superpower and take action on dreams that they have. Um, I mean, what a beautiful way to live life, the way that you're living it, the way that you're encouraging people to do that. And now with that in mind, let me ask you my last question. And that is a legacy question. So imagine 30 years down the road, okay, you have a daughter that's your age today and a 34-year-old. If you are out standing in the streets, peering into their homes, what is it that you see that they are living out and you know that the action you took as a father is being played out legacy-wise in their homes. Yeah, I I think uh, legacy-wise would you know the way to sum up. I want I want my daughters to be constantly in pursuit of their dreams. Mm-hmm. The way that I would kind of say that is that they're just they're living big. 
And that could be big love. That could be, you know, big intention. Like, I don't, I don't think it has to be one thing, but I want my daughters like engaged in life. Yeah. And mm, that, that to me, if, if I can raise my daughters to be 40 years old and they're just engaged, they're, you know, to me, that, that would mean I'm traveling, I'm experiencing new things. You know, I'm, I'm uh, growing as a person, even in my 30s and 40s. It's like that to me is like, I've done some good work there if that's the case. Mm, Dane, I love it. And I mean, this goes back to what you're rebelling against this idea of like a normal life, normalcy, yeah. which which goes back to us talking about the system breaking you of whatever makes you weird and unique and us yeah. just kind of living just real mediocre so that we kind of look and feel and smell like everybody else and living big is I'm bringing my energy, right? Dane is yeah. bringing his energy. Um, so Dane, thank you for the work you do, not only out, you know, with young leaders and, and helping business owners and entrepreneurs help their teams dream, but what you're doing in your own home with your kids, such an, ins- and your spouse, what an inspiration to us dads to, to live that out in our own homes. And thank you for the simple tools for us to be able to go and talk about this around the dinner table tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I get tons of energy also from just talking about it. Love it, man. Well, thank you. And I look forward to uh, just continuing the dream conversation with you. Yeah, likewise. Wow, that was incredible. I absolutely love this. Um, I'll be sitting down with my own kiddos to ask them questions to uncover some of their dreams. What's dreams you have for one year, five year, 10 year for your life? And then is there anything I could do to support you in this next year to, to accomplish one of these? Asking these questions, coming along alongside of our children. What an incredible opportunity you and I have to do this. Um, you know, I, I would I would suggest, you know, maybe pick up some journals. Maybe do this in Google Docs. Um, create an opportunity to do this with your kiddos. Um, do this yourself. Do this with your spouse. This isn't hard. I mean, it's hard in the sense of to pause and start to ask yourself the question. It, it can be a little daunting or overwhelming if you haven't flexed that muscle or worked to strengthen that muscle. But I'll tell you, at the end, you will start to feel like, oh man, there's some things that I want to move towards. Like one right now for my son and I is I want to kill an animal and eat it. And so right now we're taking action towards it. We're, we're going through hunter safety right now. So what are some things that are maybe, you know, they're in the back of your mind. You haven't said it. You haven't written it down and, and put some, put some action around that, write that dream down, um, progress towards what matters to you and your kiddos. And you get to be a part of helping your kids create that muscle. Now, if you're not good at it, then go figure it out so that then your kids don't find themselves in that same place. What a cool opportunity as dads that we have to set, set our kids up for future success and success now. Um, Man, the other thing that Dane talked about was uncovering our children's superpowers. Um, I think it's so important uh, for you to pause and consider your own superpower. You know, what makes you weird? Is there anything that you've buried that you're not living out? Is there something you need to open up on and, and start to be yourself, which I continuously say that's what your kids need, bro, is you, the real authentic you. Um, and I also wouldn't get too hung up on that. Just show up every day, take action, and, and you will find yourself. Um, 
but to support our own kids in uncovering their superpower. And I love some of the things that Dane said. I'll have to go back and listen. But, you know, if you loved this sport, what is it about it? Is it, do you love challenge? Do you love team? Do you love leadership? Do you love creativity? And and not tying it to what we do as much as what is it that we're doing that we enjoy? Why do I enjoy this? Well, because I like the connection that it's making. I like to spend time outside. I love the greenery and the trees. I love to be in the ocean. What is it that you're doing that, like, what is it that, uh, what you're doing, you love about that and helping our children to uncover that. And that's the work. If you're listening to this, I already know you're doing that work with yourself. Let's set our kids up where they're not 35 to 45, which is where I kind of assume most of us are. Um, wrestling with some of those same things. And 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 this comes back to that last thing that Dane, or not last thing, but one of the things that Dane talked about, very simply affirming your children before they go to bed, what are the last words they hear from you? Is it a rush dad getting them in bed so you can watch your show or hang out with your wife or get back to work? Or is it a dad who's taking five, 10 minutes to sing, to pray, to affirm, to say, I love you because I see you because, because all of us want to know that we are seen, noticed, loved, and that we belong. And our children desire that so strongly from you and I, my friend, this is one of the greatest gifts we can give them is this idea of stability. And if they're falling asleep in our home and I'm, you know, last night I walked into Stella, uh, put my hand on her head. I love you. I adore you. You are beautiful. Um, we sang and we prayed and she went to sleep. So huge opportunity for us. Um, my friends, I want to say a huge thank you uh, for following me on social media the past month leading up to Father's Day. You know, I know it's been a couple weeks and I've kind of taken a hiatus, um, but but supporting me through the children's book, The Adventure of Fatherhood Kickstarter campaign, uh, fully funded $33,000 to get this book out in the hands of dads, which I'm so pumped about. It'll, it'll be in hands January, February. Um, if you want to learn more about what I'm talking about with this book, The Adventure of Fatherhood, you can go to adventurefatherhood.com. You can actually pre-order it. We've already sold over 600 copies through the Kickstarter, but you can go pre-order a copy if you'd like to have one of those first ones. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you have a question about fatherhood, something you'd like to talk to me about, discuss, or have me discuss on the podcast, shoot me an email, ned at rebelandcreate.com. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, stay in tune. And if you haven't already, please write a review, help spread the word that fatherhood matters. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Oh, 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 oh,